Um, good evening, good morning for you in, in, in Canada. Uh, Dr. Dina Altayeb, I'm, I'm super excited um, because we know us for, for so many years already, Dina. And I, I've been witnessing, obviously, your career as a triathlete, but I think you have a, a much more interesting story as well uh, to tell from all your life. And I, I want to give people a bit of an idea. Obviously, Dr. Dina Altayeb, you are a periodontist and um, implant, implantologist. Um, you, you have dental clinics in, in Jeddah and all around Saudi Arabia. You're a professor of, of um, dent, a dental professor. Uh, you're a mom of three uh, beautiful girls. Uh, and you are a triad lead since 2002. You've been the first ever Saudi national, uh, male and female, to complete an Ironman distance in 2005. And overall, you completed the amazing amount of 17 full Ironmans, uh, which is four kilometer swim, 180 kilometer cycle, 42 kilometer run, and over 100 races completed in 17 years. Uh, the first ever Arab female national to qualify for the world championship in Hawaii in 2018 and 2019, and first qualify for the half Ironman world championship in 2017, 18 and 19. So welcome to the show. It's a great pleasure to have you. Thank you, Wolfie, and thanks for inviting me. You and I go way back uh, from over 20 years that I, I've been coming to your shop. So thank you. It's a nice uh, addition. Uh, I love listening to your talks every week and um, I'm grateful to be part of this now. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, we are, you're one of the champions and so we have to, to see and learn about you. We, we prepared a little clip uh, to show people a little bit about your career and, and about your races. So um, I have Will uh, to on, on the line and he will, he will just start that clip. And so we'll look at this and then we will talk a little bit about what's What's in the clip? Perfect. I've been doing triathlon. My first triathlon was 2002. Amazing. Well done. Congratulations. 
I think it's just unbelievable. Yeah, all these all these events and everything. And at the end, um, a very special note, and, and there's a very special story to that note. Uh, would you mind sharing the story with us? Uh, so, you know, in these races, this long, these long endurance races, it takes a lot. It takes a lot mentally, it takes a lot physically. And uh, it's not all, you know, no matter how well prepared you are to, to go on this event, there would be like rough moments where you doubt yourself or you doubt whether I, you could do it or not. You don't feel well, your stomach doesn't feel well, your body's hurting. And it all comes to the power of the mind. But it also comes to the support of the people around you, whether it's your own family or whether it's random people. So this clip, this uh, little post-it note, I keep it in my wallet now. This was from this uh, 2019 Kona. And I remember it was a super hot day. I've already done like a lot of races. It was the end of the season. And I, I, it was dark and it was hot day. The sun has already gone down and I'm running the energy lab and really suffering and, you know, thinking like, okay, am I going to be able to do it? And then just a, um, a volunteer girl from, from the aid station, she brings a post-it and write a note here, you can do this and just hands it to me and say, you can do this. And this was my motivation to finish the race. So sometimes, even though we count a lot on our family for support, sometimes support comes from a random stranger. So every time I go through a rough time, I pull this from my wallet and say, I got this. <laughs> Very good, very good. It's very nice, and I think obviously the support comes when you when you look for it. And I, I know you many years, and you're a very positive person. And I think obviously uh, you, you look for support and you see it. And I think this is this is the mindset of a, of a champion. So so well done. And I'm I'm sure the girl. Uh, did you meet her afterwards? The lady who gave you the note? Uh, I actually did not. You know, they have a lot of volunteers, and and yeah. they were just I think just sitting, you know, singing and and cheering everyone. And I she thought that this is maybe I needed it, and and I did. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, I want to go to the beginning, and I have a, a lovely story where uh, little Dina goes to Switzerland, and uh, goes to a dental clinic. Uh, I think eight years old or around this age, and and you were so impressed about the office of the uh, of the uh, the dentist and all the drawers and all the clean office and all the tools and everything. And and then little Dina told herself, "Listen, one day you become a dentist." And uh, a couple of years later, obviously you are a dentist, very successful with your own clinic, a professor, and and everything. So is how did this start that you had that mindset and that clear vision for your life to, to become a dentist and later then as well triathlon? How did this all come about? I don't know. I think my mind works in a weird way <laughs> where I get obsessed with a goal. And I think maybe this serves me in my, uh, in, you know, my achievements. So I do remember, you know, going to a dentist. My mom took me to the dentist and, and he would just dressed neatly with his lab coat and opening all these drawers and I looked at it and I was just fascinated by the smell of the clinic by the you know many things in the drawers and I told myself this is what I wanted to be and uh, and uh, it took a while you know it's not easy I was then married and I had to go to dental school uh, being married and having kids during dental school as well. So it wasn't easy. There were a lot of points where I thought, okay, maybe I should just transfer to something easier. Maybe this is a rough, uh, um, you know, path that needs better more dedication, not someone with a family and kids, but uh, I'm glad they stuck with it. I had a lot of support around me, my parents, my mom and my dad. And uh, I, I stuck with it and, and um, I'm happy to, to have a job that I love. I think that's a, that's a blessing to do something you love. 
Very nice. And your parents uh, and maybe grandparents, when you said you're becoming a dentist and later you're becoming a tribe lead, how, what did they say? Did they, did they agree with your choice uh, or, or did they challenge these ideas? Uh, no, they agreed with the choice. I mean, they always, your parents always look for your best interest and whatever makes you happy, regardless of what you choose. If it's something, the path that makes you happy, and I'm glad this is an athletic path, you know, that serves the body good, serves the soul, gives us a lot of time in nature. So your parents will always love you and support you. Very nice. And when did it come across, when did you come across Tridland? When was the first time you, you saw somebody swimming, running, cycling? Uh, and, and I think uh, I think triathlon came to me. I didn't go to triathlon. <laughs> so what happened is I was just uh, randomly, you know, I, I'm, I, I've never been a, um, a serious swimmer. I've been a runner. I was a runner. Uh, just doing some 5, 10K races when I lived in the States. And uh, I, uh, I remember going to um, hiking with, uh, with a coach, with a, with a personal trainer. And I was just making conversation with him, asking him what's his, uh, you know, idea, what he's going to do for the rest of the day. And he's at least training people for Ironman. And then I came home and kind of started to research what is this Ironman he talks about. I thought it was something like, sounds like CrossFit. <laughs> but it wasn't. And by, oh my God, this is something super strenuous. By the end of that summer, I did my first uh, duathlon, which is a, um, a run um, uh, bike. And I looked at people coming out of the water and thought this was something whew, too, too stressful and that I never should put myself in that. <laughs> but, you know, gradually you start trying a little bit and every year you find another goal and they say, okay, maybe I come ready for the next step. Maybe I'm ready for a half Ironman, for a full Ironman. And you just, uh, you know, progress. It's the best. The nice thing about this sport is it's a challenge against yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not as much you against other people, uh, unless you want to, you know, be at a professional or a top competitive level. But it's a it's a race within yourself. Mm -hmm. It's within your own body. It's within your own challenges, and, and it teaches you a lot in life. And where do you feel you get the motivation from? Is it just you against yourself to? You see, but how did you get the energy from training? Obviously, you have a, a dental clinic, you have three girls to look after, you have a family to look after, and then you want to do triathlon, which is difficult in itself. You know, I mean, it's it's swimming, running, cycling. So, how did you do it? You know, I mean, I think this is the, the main question uh, we, we, I get asked a lot: How did you do this? Yeah. Uh, so it's my uh, it was my dream to chase Kona. Mm -hmm. You know, they uh, every year they produce the DVD of of the Kona video of the year. And I looked at it while I was training at the time, you know, there was a lot of indoor training. There weren't as many facilities outside. And uh, uh, I would watch it day after day. And one day say, I will be in this video. One day I will be in this video. And that was my motivation. Every time I thought of, of you know, like, okay, I'm tired. Maybe I don't want to do this. Maybe I have too many other responsibilities. I watched wow. the video and I told myself, this is what I want. It's the passion inside. So that was really my my passion and I, I, I it took 15 years for me to come go to my first corner <laughs> which is a long time but uh, yeah. if you have the persistence and if you still have the passion you, you can get there and which event was it when you qualified and how did you feel when when this then finally came came across you know what um I came across in in my life a lot of people a lot of coaches a lot of 
you know, a lot of support, but also a lot of doubt. A lot of people that thought, oh, well, you know, just the statistics don't make sense. How can you, I can't even be there. But I never doubted. Like I always thought to my, I always truly believed I could see it that one day I will be, you know, on that big island with everyone. <laughs> and, uh, and it was just, it happened. I started not focusing as much about the end result, you know, about, okay, this is not, or not calculating that if I didn't, get my corner spot it was a failure it was still a success but maybe it wasn't time so it was uh, Chattanooga and 2017 and it was a super hot day super hot day where a lot of athletes could not finish and of course being from Saudi Arabia and training in Dubai and in Saudi I have the heat advantage so I finished the race and and I looked around and I looked at the statistics and I just could not believe that I made it and I got my spot because uh, it was a hot day and it was very challenging for everyone else where I felt I, I handled that challenge well. So sometimes your success comes in, in a way that is unexpected, which makes it beautiful. Fantastic. And then the whole preparation, obviously, you know, now you're going to Kona, the travel there, and then really being the first time in the water, waiting for the, for the gun to go off, that, that cannon shot. Uh, how, you remember that moment? Absolutely. I remember that moment. And I remember just, I went to the, to Hawaii, to the big island about two weeks early. Yes. And I just could not believe it. I would run and I'd look around like, this is it. <laughs> I am in the video now. I am where everyone else ran, where everyone else swam, where all the pros were. And I was super grateful to be among like the best athlete in the world. I mean, when you see the, the level of fitness and the level of athletes that, that make it to the championship, it's, it's great. Mm -hmm. So, so I remember, you know, looking around because it's at the start of the swim, there's like helicopters and lights and noise and you just look around and almost like want to capture this moment. So to let yourself like, you know, it's just special. It just brings tears to your eyes. Very good. And you had it 2018 and then 2019, you went again. And then I went again in 2019. Wow. Wow. Would you feel is, is the first one more impressive or could you enjoy the second one a bit more or, or they're both the same or how do you, would you describe this? Uh, you know, I've always, everybody talks about the wind and the weather and the conditions in Kona. And I remember forever i kept on saying the year i will do kona it'll be a very calm year there'll be no wind the weather will be good and that's exactly what happened <laughs> in 2018 so it was a super calm super this is where all the records were broken yes, because broken. the weather was just unbelievable uh so the, there is something about the first time you do anything it's just yes. special if we take the time to just absorb that and and embrace it and just take it in our you know subconscious it's amazing the second time was also great i loved it but it was more the normal corner of hot and wind the conditions were super challenging and stuff but it is still a great great honor and huge blessings Very good and what's the plan now for 2021 or 2022 um well now now with you know everything that's happening and COVID, yes. there's no plan. I mean, it's hard to mm -hmm. plan anything because races get canceled every day. I don't think I'm I'm not sure what's happening the rest of the year. And even Kona got postponed to February. So I don't know. This year is different. <laughs> You're planning to qualify again? Obviously, you have to qualify in, in another race to to become there. Is, you have plans for it, or or you you put everything a bit on hold and wait for 
2022? No, I think, you know, this is, uh, well, uh, being in uh, around the pandemic time and COVID teaches us a lesson, you know, and also gives us a chance to just pause and think and see if this is really what we want to do. Um, so, so it's, it's, I'm still keeping fit. I'm still training. I'm still trying to do a little bit, obviously without a, a, a set race, mm-hmm. uh, in the calendar, because we just don't know, you know, if it's like we go back in 2021, maybe that's maybe more realistic, uh, but eventually things will go back. Very good. Um, did you infect any of your three girls with the, with the virus mm-hmm. of Triathlon? Is this something <laughs> you... Uh, I, I have to correct you a little bit. I have uh, two, 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 two girls daughters, and a boy. Two daughters and one son. Sorry. Yes. Uh, two two girls and a boy. Uh, yeah. They're all they're all athletic. I have a daughter yeah. that is a yoga teacher. Okay. Uh, I have my youngest daughter Tan was a swimmer. She's an ex swimmer. She was really good in swimming. And uh, I have my son that is into fitness as well and stuff. So okay. none none of them actually did triathlons, but uh, they supported me. I. They used to make a T-shirt every year at the end of the race okay. and write and, you know, put some uh, glitter and some stars. And, uh, and I, I have these T-shirts. I keep them in my drawer. Very good. Fantastic. What, what comes the easiest to you? Is it the swimming? Is it the cycling? Is it the running? Where, where do you feel is your strength? And where do you train the Thanks. most? Where do you enjoy the most? I think my strength and what I train the most are not the same. <laughs> so, so I think I'm just naturally a strong cyclist. Okay. Uh, maybe just my, you know, my body t- type or my genetics. I'm a very, I'm a good cyclist. So uh, uh, that's my strength. My weakness, I would think, is probably the swimming. Just because this, where we live, you know, in the uh, Red Sea is a beautiful sea with no waves. It's very temperature, uh, pleasant water. Uh, so swimming in conditions that are a little different with waves, with cold, with uh, you know, rough water, uh, sometimes presents itself as a challenge. Um, I, and I would think I'm an okay runner too. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um, for, the, for the training itself, when did you realize that you maybe need help from a coach? And how, when, when was this decision made that you did you get some support? Or was this very early on that you had somebody to look after my, you? My, uh, my biggest challenge, Wolfie, was where I lived and the accessibility mm-hmm. to, uh, to new resources and stuff. So I almost had to learn by trial and error. And I, I used several coaches. And most of them were on a different time zones and, and you know, sending program online. So obviously, this is different than having a, a, a coach that is, you know, in person that would help you and stuff. But I always believed in mentors. I always in my life, I believe in mentors. I believe that uh, there'll always be someone that knows a bit better than you, that could coach you, that could guide you and prevent you from making a lot of mistakes and, you know, give you the encouragement or the, the change of program to, to get the best out of you. So I realized early on that I need coaching. My, my, my challenge was, uh, where do I find the resource and, um, and how to go about it? If you go to the races, do you have a certain program? You have a certain ritual on the days of the race when you come to the event the day before? Maybe what's the preparation look like when you go for one event like uh, Kona? So, so I almost like to go to the race about a week early. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because I need to almost like blend in with the environment, mm-hmm. feel the environment, feel if it was hot or cold or the weather or the terrain. Uh, I always like to swim a few times before the race to just kind of test that body of water, just feel what it's like, 
to put your head down and, and start swimming in the water. Is it cold? Is it hot? Is it wavy? Uh, same with the run, just check the bike course. So that's leading to the race. So I, I like to, you know, get there, get the travel uh, situation and, and, you know, the challenges of the travel over and just kind of embrace the environment for a few days. Um, and then the morning off, I like to wake up very early. I don't like to wake up. I wake up, I, I probably wake up the earliest of everyone <laughs> because my uh -huh. ritual is pretty long. So I start by meditating and then praying and uh, doing you know, specific prayers that I, I do pre-race and then speaking to uh, my parents, to my mom, uh, to my kids if they're not around, uh, to my friends. <laughs> it's a lot of... You know, but I, I like to uh, almost like when I go race, I go race with everyone in my heart, mm -hmm. not just myself. So, so I, you know, like to connect with these people that are, uh, you know, that mean to me and just make sure that, you know, I, I, I have their love and their support for the day, even if they were not with me in the physical space. Mm -hmm. And then I slowly walk to the race side and I do more meditation and, and just I always try to find a quiet spot away from the crowd because, you know, imagine when you have 2,000 or 3,000 people yes. in the same spot, it, it's a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of, of built up energy. So, you know, we're, we're not like we are exchange of energy. So, so we, we will take that in. So I try to find a quiet spot and breathe a little bit and start the race. And, you know, the, the hardest part of these races is just probably the 15, 20 minutes pre-race yeah. when you're dealing with the unexpected. Yeah, when something happens and you're looking back. Do you have any special food, any special things you prepare with yourself with for the day and what do you eat during or before and during the races? Uh, during the races, you know, my body uh, performs well on solid foods. So, mm -hmm. so I always like to eat solid food as opposed to like shakes and gels and stuff. So I'll try and see what I can get uh, in terms of a solid food that I could use, whether during the race or, or pre-race. Mm -hmm. So I'm not like, it's not very um, uh, technical or difficult. And in transition, uh, you have any same th something secret in your transition bag, which oh. you use? Is <laughs> I think I must have told you the story. <laughs> uh, so I had like many, many years of GI uh, issues and you're not feeling well in the race and not being able to tolerate food and doing these long races. Uh, it's hard. So uh, one day I decided to change this a little bit. And I realized that the reason your body is or my body is not performing well is I'm not slow enough to uh, to digest the food. So I started taking a little bit of a longer break in the transition and or in the special need and uh, just having some solid food. Sometimes it's pizza. Sometimes it's a piece of yeah. sandwich. Sometimes it's some juice and something that I could eat uh, solid and then I tell myself you know this in 17 hours three or four minutes is is probably the you know this the strength and the energy that I need to yes, well spent. yes absolutely and and obviously that's a long day you describe it's like many 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 hours and I'm sure there's some dark places you, you visit what do you tell yourself to to get yourself up into the sun again after you've been in that in that mindset when you think okay that's enough I can't do this anymore What's going through your head? Uh, I picture the finish line. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I picture all the people that are with me in my heart, you know, all the people that I called in the morning and how much they're like cheering me. And, and, uh, and, and just, I always try to stay in a positive state of mind and just look around for a little volunteer that is clapping for, 
you know, I don't know, maybe a bird in the sky, maybe just something positive. Because uh, we get into that dark, as you said, dark spot where you start doubting yourself, you start looking at the watch and like, oh, this is still slow. Why not? Why even bother? This is not going to be going a spot. And it's important to to feel positive, to just keep on positive state. And I tell myself just one step at a time, just one step forward and before you know it is finished. One, so I start calculating, you know, okay, kilometer one, kilometer two, one step closer. Fantastic. And what's the reward after the finish line? Obviously the next day, sort of the days after, obviously you have done a lot of sacrifices during training, preparation, diet. So what's Dina's reward after such an event? Massage. <laughs> <laughs> Book a lot, the longest massage, two hour massage. <laughs> okay. Any special food, anything you have? For afterwards, um, yeah. not no, not for afterwards because afterwards it's uh, your body's in a bit of a, a shock and stress. Mm. So it's whatever I can handle. Food is not what I would crave, but massage and some treatment for my body <laughs> would mm. be would be positive. Mm -hmm. On Instagram, people can find you as the Arabian Tri Eagle. Uh, where, where did this name come? Obviously, uh, where did the name come from? Uh, the uh, uh, the eagle is a strong representation in it's my spirit animal so mm -hmm. i uh, i love the eagle i take the strength from the eagle i take the the you know the eagle always flies high and uh, it's never with a big path it's only one sometimes two or three uh, but it flies high it never looks it's never in the problems it looks the, the problem from above so mm -hmm. it's a beautiful animal so when I see an eagle, I feel strong. Very good. Who do you feel is your biggest supporter in your career? Uh, my parents, I would think, mm -hmm. are my biggest supporters. My kids too. My kids have uh, my kids. My daughter Lana, uh, she calls me before and after every race and sends me messages and posts on her Instagram and go, mommy, we believe in you. And makes me a video if she's not in with me. She travels across the world usually to to support me all my kids, but she is the one that is uh, big in terms of the, my support. My parents as well, my mom and dad. Uh, I always call my mom before the race and call her afterwards and she stays up even if it's on a different time zone until I'm done. Yes, we've seen now during, obviously during the lockdown and afterwards, a lot of people got into cycling, a lot of people get into triathlon, a lot of local, of the local community get into do you have any tips, specific things, maybe you would say for ladies or for local ladies, how to get into the sport of triathlon? What would be your, your, your first go-to thing to, to do to get into the sport? I think the biggest thing is to start slowly and, mm -hmm. um, and find a mentor or a coach or a group. Because in a lot of things, uh, you know, we get too excited in the beginning. We start reading yeah. books or watching YouTube videos on how to train. And a lot of, I see this a lot of the times is that we overdo it and then we, you know, pull a muscle or hurt ourselves. So it's nice mm -hmm. to have the proper uh, coaching or mentor or a group that would help you like, set up the right bike, the right running shoes, mm -hmm. and start slowly and just enjoy it. Enjoy, yeah. And start with shorter events and then work your way up. Shorter, definitely start with shorter mm -hmm. events, see what it's like, see if this is something you like that calls you, you want to do it. Uh, obviously, us uh, people in the Middle East, uh, swimming is, is one of, even though we live on the sea, but you know, like competitive swimming is something that uh, people feel a little apprehensive about. Uh, so smaller events are nice because then it means that they, 
you know, they don't have to swim the, the far distance. Yes, yes. And um, we spoke about COVID and obviously the time in, in uh, these times. Is there something you feel like you, you learned during these times, which you hope it will continue with us? So maybe more time with the family or anything. Is there anything you feel you, you saw uh, and, and you changed in your life and you think you want to stick to that? Yes, uh, absolutely. So, so with COVID, what we learned is, first of all, that this is a ch chance to put our li life on pause and mm -hmm. just evaluate, really evaluate. Is this what we, how we want to live our life? Is, is the stress level? A lot of us were under a lot of stress, you know, moving like different appointments and different jobs and different, you know, travel schedule. And all of a sudden you had the chance to just kind of like still sit still. We as a triathlete, as endurance athletes, find it very difficult and challenging to stay still. So this was a nice chance to really evaluate. We evaluate life, see, is this the path we want to take? How do we see ourselves in the future? Um, and, and it was super challenging not having an event. You know, we all, our life is structured. Uh, us as athletes, you know, that do, that has job and family and a lot of obligation. Our life is very structured. So now a big part of your life is taken away because you have no, um, you can't cycle outside. You don't have any races. You like it, everything falls apart in, in somehow. So it is an anxiety producing in the beginning. And then you get to see, okay, is this something I love, do I, am I willing to just cycle and bike and work on my strength without a goal? Mm -hmm. um, but we start living, I personally started putting uh, smaller goals for myself. Okay, maybe I can work on my strength. Maybe I can do a bit more uh, gym work. Maybe I can improve my cycling. Maybe I, you know, little things. Maybe I can do band work uh, because there's no pool available to swim yeah. at. Yes. So, so as long as we have, we give, I think we need motivation. So we need to give ourselves little goals every day that we can, yes. it doesn't have to be Corona because now we don't know if Corona yes. is yes. going to happen, but we know that the small steps. Yes. If you're looking back now um, from year 2000 to 2002, when you started, is there, is there something you wish you would have known back then and you would have done a little different? I wish I had all the resources I have now. Like mm -hmm. I didn't know the, the, the importance of a strength program at that time. Mm -hmm. So I had years where I overtrained and then I ended up being injured because I didn't have the balancing muscles to combat all the uh, strenuous activity that I was doing. I wish I knew uh, what kind of coaching or a, or a coach personality that suits me more. Uh, but, you know, as humans, we learn by trial and error. So we learn from every single mistake and we move on. We look at the positive in it and we take, you know, leave the negative behind and one more step forward. If you had a time machine, would you go forward in time to see what's happening in the future? Or would you go back and maybe see if you could change a few things there or just relive it again? I don't think I'll do either because the past is the past. It's already, if you go back to the past, you okay. just live the memory that has already passed you. If you go too much in the future, then you lose the present moment. So I think I would stay where I am. Just be yeah. present, but be more present. Be more present. Rather yes. than I'm, we as, or me as my personality, I'm always jumping forward. I'm always looking way ahead. Uh, so I, I learned it maybe from COVID to be present. Mm -hmm. That's true. I enjoy these talks because it's sometimes where I really have one, one and a half hours to, to be present with someone and really listen and do this. It's, it's really nice. And doing obviously the research about people and, and spending time is nice. Um, 
Do you have any funny and strange habits? And maybe what would your children say what it is? Is there anything you do? Um, maybe we should ask them. <laughs> okay, maybe, yeah. Very good. And is there any important rule and anything you, you put yourself uh, as a rule in life where you say, listen, this is a non-negotiable for me. I would always do this. And this is something I live my life by. Uh, honesty. I think honesty. honesty. Because I... Um, I don't like being uh, uh, around dishonest people. I think honesty should be, is a key of life. So whether, you know, there's a marshal um, checking if I'm drafting or not, I have to be honest with myself. I'm doing mm. this because of me. I'm not doing this because of anyone. So I have to be honest in everything mm. I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. So you have done, obviously, your, your children, you have done your dental career, you have done Ironman, you have done Kona. What's on the bucket list? A lot of things are on the bucket list, but I, I, as I said, it's a challenge against myself. And and the first year after I finished Kona, I, I gone through like few months where I was just doubting. Okay, now I, I you know, I've had this dream for so many years, and now I achieved this dream. And what's next? Do I go back, or do I find something else? And I sat with this for a little bit, and then I I knew that I still love Kona, and I would love to go even every year. I don't mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's still it's still just being part of that. I love triathlon. I have a, a huge passion for it. I, I would love to nowadays maybe also still work on on improving myself and improving my time. But maybe this is also the time to pass on the knowledge that I've learned to people mm -hmm. in my community, to my surrounding. To I try you know, to coach people and, and give them, uh, you know, listen to what they want to do and guide them a little bit and mentor a few athletes. Uh, so I think this is the time for me to um, spread the knowledge and help others. Very nice. Um, obviously, it's interesting. I promise not to speak about age, but I think this is just one thing where you want to get older in that sport, yeah, because you want to use, use uh, you want to get in this next age bracket. Uh, and then compete again. So I have and be the youngest against them. <laughs> be the youngest in the next age bracket, and then and um, do, do you feel your your best shape um, still to come? You feel that like you you can get even better than that, or you feel like 2018, 2019 was was something you you reached uh, an extremely good level already. You know, I used to think the same thing. Like, okay, if I move up an age group, I will be better. But the problem, we all move together. It's everyone, <laughs> everyone is moving up together. So I think nowadays, compared to years ago, you see um, the athletes as they age, they take better care of their body, they're stronger. So it used to be like when you see someone in their 60s, this is a declining performance. Now you see them even in, this, in their 70s, 70, 74, and they're still performing really well and really strong. So I think if we take care of our body, if we feed our body the right food, if we reduce our stress level, if we train smart, not overtrain, but just train smart and make sure that we are listening to how the body's talking to us, I think there's still potential. Mm -hmm. nice. There's a lot of potential to improvement and with the experience gets your experience in racing. You know what mistakes not to take, you know, you know how far you should push your body. Uh, but again, at the end, it's a race against yourself. Mm -hmm. Who do you think is your biggest inspiration as an athlete? Uh, maybe in triathlon or outside triathlon. Is there any athlete you think, okay, this really shaped my, my sports career? You know, in triathlon, I loved Chrissy Wellington. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know her. She's uh, English. Uh, yeah. So Chrissy, first of all, uh, always raced with a smile. Yeah. 
And she didn't come from a athletic background. She was, I think, a, I don't remember if she was a lawyer, just like came up upon the, the sports in, in just a, and by almost accident. And she excelled for a few years. She broke a lot of records. She won Kona. Uh, but I can relate to her because she was always pleasant. She was always smiling. Uh, even when she retired, she retired, you know, gracefully, happily. Uh, so I always smile in the race, always smile. And if I'm not smiling, you know that there's something wrong. <laughs> even if you're, you're going through rough time, if you smile, it puts a positive attitude. And then people around you would smile back. So I often hear the comment at the, you know, oh my God, look at that smile. <laughs> She's still smiling. <laughs> And you never know where's a photographer to take a nice picture. So exactly. You look good. <laughs> you, you, look, you look good. Um, yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I have a few questions as well, some short things. Um, if you could spend a day with one person, dead or alive, who would that be? Hmm, that is a that is a good question. Uh, Mm. I would think uh, spend it with my grandfather. I have okay. uh, my grandfather from my father's side yes. passed away when I was young, uh, mm -hmm. but he was a mystery guy mm -hmm. and uh, he had a lot of stories. I, I never got to hear all his stories, but I would spend the day with him and learn from him. He was a very wise man, yet a very military-like mm -hmm. personnel. Very nice. What was the best day of your career or of your life so far? Um, I think the best day would be the day what uh, is the day I went to Kona. I think that the, just getting the spot to Kona, that was, I just, I could not sleep that night. So was it the day you got the spot or the day you, maybe the night before or whatever? No, I think, I think the day you got the spot, because okay. you know, when you go to the, let's say you qualify for the Olympics, you go to the Olympics, yes. the hard part is qualifying. Yes. Going is the celebration. It, okay, very nice. Yeah, you, you celebrated. And, and what was the hardest day when you were racing? You remember? Maybe you don't yes, remember. Yes, definitely. Maybe I remember. You remember. I remember. I remember going to uh, Ironman, Texas. And, okay. uh, and, and I thought, you know, doing the statistics and stuff like Texas was hot race. It was just suited my abilities. I trained so hard, I think for four or five months, like really hard. I did all the statistics and it came like, I thought, okay, I have a very good chance of coming top 10. But you know, when you go like this, you go with a lot of ego. Mm -hmm. And you know what happens when you go with a lot of ego, you get crushed. And I remember I just, my stomach was not doing well and I was vomiting and I finished that race. I was just crushed. And I, that was the only race after I finished that I thought, okay, maybe this is it. Maybe yes, that's it. I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. But you know, like a month later, <laughs> I rethought to myself, I'm like, okay, no, no, no. I still have Kona in me. I still want to get it. But maybe this was not the right approach. So there was a pivotal moment in in my uh, training and my approach to races is that you can approach races, or to me, this works for me, with a big ego thinking, okay, I am ready, I'm gonna crush it. This, no, you gotta be humble. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. just know that you've done your best, embrace the environment. So I, I race with nature, I race with a lot of spirituality, rather than racing with, oh, I'm just strong, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. and, and 
I don't know, I, I feel that it gives me more, um, it enlightens my soul, it gives me a more of a positive experience. And then, you know, the end result is whatever happens, but enjoying the experience, enjoying that long bracelet with all the pains and the suffering and also all the joyful moments. You enjoy the full distance more or the half distance? I think uh, maybe genetically I'm stronger in the full distance. I know mm -hmm. the full distance hurts more, it takes more training, but I feel uh, I excel with longer duration. But I also enjoy the half because the half doesn't take as much uh, abuse on the body and you can recover from it uh, quickly. So you could do more. With the full, it's hard to do a lot of races because it's uh, you need recovery time. Mm -hmm. You like to challenge yourself. So when was the last time you did something for the first time? Um, hmm, I, in, in uh, you know, COVID, we did a lot of things in the first for the first time. Training so much indoor, uh, just sitting in the balcony for so long. <laughs> for the first time, sitting in the park. Uh, this COVID has been a lot of first times. Okay, nice. Um, a perfect day for you is? A perfect day is a day in nature. So I, I connect well with nature. First, a perfect day is a day if I wake up and I don't hear like noises and cars and, and I could just listen to the birds. I could just feel the, the sunshine on my skin and, and just go for a nice maybe walk or run or even swim in the water. That's a perfect day. Is it then more mountains or is it more ocean or it doesn't really matter? It doesn't really matter. It depends on your surrounding. I like I like to experience different stuff. That's why I do. I like to do races in different countries because with every race, with every environment, like when you do a race for such a long time, you're part of that environment. You embrace it. Mm -hmm. If you finish the sentence, it's too early to to retire. <laughs> retire. Good. Very good. We want to see more of you. Yeah. I wish I had. Uh, I wish I had patience to be in the present moment. More patient. More patience. Your hero is? My hero is... My hero is my dad. Nice. Nice. Very nice. What makes him your hero? What's what's special? What do you feel is... His ethics. Really? His, uh, his, his ethics and his dedication to his kids and how mm -hmm. the values he's, he installed in all of us. Uh, and, and his philosophy in life. Mm -hmm. How many brothers and sisters do you have? We are five. five. So we're two sisters and three brothers. And, and where were you? Older, younger? Guess, Wolfie. <laughs> You're younger. No, I'm older. <laughs> younger is a wise okay. choice. But I'm the younger one. I thought see, sometimes you learn from, from the others and you, you see what they're doing. And sometimes it's maybe the challenge of being um you see the others and you want to you want you're inspired by them because i'm i'm the youngest uh, or that we, we are six children but from i have three older brothers and i was always inspired by them to say oh i want to follow their footsteps my oldest brother was a very sporty person and i was always uh trying to to yeah to not to beat him but just to go with him i think that <laughs> it was quite interesting so then then you have a leading personality that's that's interesting um the greatest tribe lead of all times? Uh, or is there any male 
person? Uh, I think Chrissy Wellington. Uh, mm. I think Greg Alexander as well. He's a top athlete. I love professional athletes that are approachable mm -hmm. and that are um, that you can connect with. You know, like we we are not uh, superheroes. You know, we're people that juggle life. We're not mm. professional athletes. We're people that have a job, have a home, have to take care of a lot of responsibilities. Uh, so to connect to pros that kind of give you the vibes that they also have busy lives and they have to mm -hmm. juggle many things and, and, uh, and, you know, things sometimes don't go well. Uh, I think uh, these are my two favorite. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been on a tandem? Uh, no, I have not, but I want no. to. <laughs> okay, just want to see who you, would you sit on the front or in the back? What, what would be your position? Oh, I think I'll have the stronger person in the back. It depends. <laughs> we have to so see. You, <laughs> um, anyone you wish you had on your tandem to spend some hours with in talking, cycling? Uh, hmm. I wish I had Armstrong, Lance Armstrong because I really want to listen to his story. For Sorry. the longest time, we, you know, he's our hero. I think he's an unbelievable athlete. But I would love to listen to his story. Like, mm -hmm. listen to the real story of what happened. He has a podcast. Uh, which is yeah, yeah, I listen to his yeah. podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So as controversial as it is, yeah. but I would love to listen to this, the real story of what yeah. happened. Sorry. Yeah. Maybe Oprah has to give it a second. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if you write a book about your, about your career, what is going to be the title? The Eagle. The Eagle. Very nice. Um, you have a favorite quote? Uh, my favorite quote is maybe one step at a time. Like anything in life, you just take one step at a time as long as you're moving forward. I don't know, I don't know if it's a quote, but it's how I live my life. Nice. Nice. If you had one piece of advice, one piece of wisdom you, you, could, you could leave behind and you want to give to people, what would it be? I would encourage everyone to find the dream. And this dream doesn't have to be an athletic dream. It could be anything. Could be a dream of I don't know learning a skill or learning a musical instrument, but find something that ignites passion in us because we need that. We need that spark to stay young, to to feel life, to feel the joy. So yeah. everyone can look inside themselves and choose something they want to achieve or a dream, and it has to be their dream, no, not a reality dream, not a dream that could be achieved, not the father wish, not the mother wish, something within yourself. Very nice. Where can people follow you? It's on Arabian Tri-Eagle on Instagram? Uh, no, I think uh, the, uh, the, um, the Instagram is dina.altayeb. Okay, dina.altayeb. Okay, that's the public account. Yeah, that's... Uh... Very nice. And when are you coming back to Dubai? Uh, soon, maybe. I, I, uh, you know, you and I. My first bike was bought from you, and yes. uh, and you know, part of my support is is you and your bike shop. I, whenever I run into any technical problems anywhere, anywhere <laughs> in the world, I'm like, hello, Wolfie, can you please help? And you've always been a great help. Uh, yeah, so I always, I like, I truly believe in in uh, what you're doing and how well you're doing it and the attention you give to everyone. So. You know, when we, uh, it's not about just buying a bike. It's about buying a bike and just establishing connection and knowing that someone will always uh, care for you and give you the advice that's needed. Yes. You know what I have to say, obviously, for all the team and, and since 2002, you've been coming to the shop and, and it's 
for us always an amazing story and an amazing achievement. And we're really proud if we see people excel in their career and then going so far and, and um, obviously seeing you from, from a regular athlete to, a, to an Ironman athlete, uh, that, that is an amazing story. And I'm, I'm really happy that I could, I could share this story today for, for our listeners. So um, I want to thank you again. And I'm, I'm really looking forward you know, um, to see you back in Dubai for our Friday morning rides and maybe for a nice dinner as well. And um, I want to thank you for the time. And, and I've, you've been a real inspiration for a lot of people and especially for the Arab world, uh, showing people that you if, you if you dream, you can really achieve something special. Thank you, Wolfie. That's been unbelievable. And thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, it's a great journey. It has not ended yet. There's more yeah. chapters to come. What to come. And uh, I, uh, I will share more and more with you as the days pass. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Great story from Dina. And uh, next, next Wednesday, um, a little later at, at about nine o'clock, we have Adam Hansen. And Adam Hansen is um, a professional cyclist and he has done in his career 25 Grand Tours. So it's an amazing amount of riding. And he's a very techy person when it comes to all kinds of bicycle equipment. So it's going to be an interesting talk as well with him. So um, I'm looking forward to, to speak to him. And Dina, I wish you all the best. And we see you soon. Yeah, thank I'll you so much. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you everyone for watching. Have a good evening. Bye.